This is episode 55 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gilmer. Women are being called to lead with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each week, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my extraordinary women friends. This is a really fun interview for me to do this week. Today on Extraordinary Women Radio, I am interviewing a really dear friend of my son, Josh, who lives in Portland, Oregon. I'm excited to introduce you to Wendy Leone, a very cool and extraordinary woman who I got to meet last year when I was visiting my son in Portland. Wendy is a partner in a steel and construction company, Mount Hood Steel and Wood, and they are building high-rises in Portland and all across the Northwest. She's not only a make-it-happen business owner in the steel industry, she's also, also an incredible rock climber, and we dig into some of the lessons that climbing teaches her and how they parallel running a $1 million-plus steel company. I fell in love with Wendy the moment I met her, and you will too. In our interview, she tells the story of how she and her brothers started this company from the seedlings of a dream and what it's like to be a woman in the very male-dominated steel industry. Here's a hint. She actually really loves it. And for those of you tuning in from Portland, I invite you to mark your calendars and come meet both Wendy and I on July 18th when I'll be speaking at the Portland eWoman Network monthly meeting. I'll put the link on the podcast episode on my website. I can't wait to be speaking out there in Portland. It's a city that's dear to my heart. And bonus for me, I get to see my son, Josh, and I'm very certain I will make my way to the the coastline. I love the Oregon coast. And if if you're listening in Denver, be sure to join me next week on May 29th for our Extraordinary Women Connect event. You can sign up from my website at camigelner.com. We'll be connecting extraordinary women in meaningful conversation and story, and I hope to see you there. So let's dive in now and meet Wendy Leone of Mount Hood Steel and Wood. Well, welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Wendy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, you know, when we met last year at my son Josh's house, um, the two of us, sat down and we got to talking. We were just having so much fun talking. It's like no one could shut us up. We were, we were talking so much. It was, I was loving hearing about your life, what you're doing, what you're building, all the climbing trips you're going on. All you, you were just about ready to head off on a big trip, weren't you? I was, yes. I was a couple of weeks out of going yeah. on a six-week trip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just incredible. And I I think when I met you, I just appreciated your adventurous spirit. And I also really appreciated all that you're, all the hard work you're doing in your career. Um, and, and just how, what you've been doing in the world that a lot of women don't really step into. So it's, it's, I'm looking forward to sharing some of your stories here. Let's start with your humble beginnings, though, and I think this is really important. You grew up in a family of second-generation Italian immigrants with seven children, raised by your father. Can you tell us more about this and just tell us how it shapes you today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, from the Northwest, my family and I, uh, my siblings, I have seven, seven siblings, as you said, 
Um, and my dad was a single father. Um, and he raised us. My dad was an electrician. Um, and it's kind of interesting now to think back because I realize now, like, my dad supported seven children from a wage <laughs> less than what I make now. Yes. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate that as much uh, as I do now that I'm paying bills and, you know, surviving myself. So, um, but we did get to see my dad's work ethic. We got to see how hard he worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that made a very big difference in our lives. Um, I, I know individually, all of my siblings have really excelled in different um, avenues of their careers that they've, or professions that they've been in. And when we come together, we say, wow, it's really weird that we've all, you know, we'd go into this workforce and we would uh, immediately get promoted or we would get, um, you know, we would always be the person that would seem to be excelling or uh, getting more repeat business or whatever it was. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized that it's, it's a little bit more rare to have that sort of work ethic um, these days. And we do a lot of hiring ourselves, and that's one of the things we look for. Um, but I think that was the big thing. I think also um, we all started working at a pretty young age, too. When, when you have a big family like that and you're, you can see your, your parents working that hard, you just really can't wait to get a job and, and try to start supporting yourself. Um, And so all of us worked when we were, I mean, 15, I was washing dishes at a, in a kitchen when I was 15 years old and I loved it, (laughs) you know, it it, It gave you, that was your first venture out into the working world was at that age, that young age. Exactly. And so I worked there after school, went to, you know, finished high school and, um, worked all through high school. And then, you know, for all of us getting out of high school meant moving out of the house. (laughs) moving out of the house and getting a job going into the workforce. And we didn't really have the opportunity to go directly into college like a lot of our, our friends had or people we knew, Mm -hmm. Um, or at least we didn't think so. Now that we're older, we look back and we realize, you know, we could have probably gotten financial aid. We probably could have, you know, you know, moved into student housing. There's different avenues to go about that, but we, we also weren't really, that wasn't really, told to us. And we right. It wasn't part of your paradigm at that point. Exactly. So I think, um, I think the biggest thing was really that work ethic. And, um, you know, a lot of us, I know talking with my siblings as well, like we really see the importance in a higher education and some of us have gone back and, and gotten more education. Um, but life just kind of has a way of, of bringing that back later if that's supposed to happen or if that's really important to you. Right. Um, and so I think all of those things really shape um, who we are and how we run our company now as well. Right, so. right. I mean, working together with your brothers and, and now your sister as well, you probably all bring a very, um, your own unique gifts, your own unique talents to the table. And, um, you know, so that's probably a really nice balance, but you've got that thread of, of hardworking, you know, that, that, that value of hardworking just getting out and doing the, the hard work that you carry forward sounds like. Yeah. And, and it really, and it really, and when you're in a business with somebody, that's so important to know that everybody has that same, that, the, the, that value is, is the same with everybody. And I think yeah. that's really brought together. You know, one of the things you mentioned is that, is that you hire for that, that hard worker. How, how do you look for that? What, what are you looking for when you, when, how do you scope for that? I guess. 
You know, it, it's taken a little bit of time to, I think, to, to dial that in or to really see that, especially when it's you're first looking for it in, in an interview or something like that. Um, and we've been wrong at times, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, we've just been in different places in their life where, you know, it didn't, things didn't work out or, or I've, we've had people come into our business and just, and to work with us and just said simply, this is too hard of work for us, you know, for me. Um, and we appreciate that honesty. Not everybody can do what my brothers do out in the field. Um, and so, you know, I think, we, and we, most of our crew now, they've been with us since the very beginning. So we, we knew them a little bit. We uh, worked with them. Some of that is just them get, hearing the reputation of how we run our company. Mm-hmm. Um, those sort of people seeking us out or at least wanting to be a part of it. Right. Um, it's I'm, the culture you've built. Absolutely. And they really, they really are like impressed that even the owners of the company are down in the, in the field working with them every day. And, um, you know, we really, we really show that work. We show that we're working hard. We show that um, work ethic. And I think that, um, I think it, it has naturally just kind of come to us and weeded out people that didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just asking the right questions. I think we can, you can get a really good idea of, of the way that somebody's passion and their work ethic just by having a conversation with them. And we talk a lot, so we can really get to know somebody well in an interview. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. It's it's important, right? It's like you're bringing people into your environment that you're in every day. So it is important to do the right hires. And I think that's why I wanted to dig a little deeper on that. So today you run a $1 million plus steel construction company with your siblings and you're the general man, manager and you're bringing your commercial banking and your legal skill set to the table you're growing quickly. And I know I've driven around with my son, Josh, around Portland, and he's pointed out different buildings that you guys are building. And it's really impressive what you're doing. Can you share the story of how Mount Hood Steel and Wood was founded? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so we, I was, uh, you kind of mentioned uh, my background. I was actually working as a paralegal for a contract attorney. Um, and that was my education was in law. And <clears throat> My And I also had experience in the banking world. I used to do business banking when I was in my 20s um, and business lending and um, all of that. And so, you know, just hanging out with my brothers. My brothers went directly into um, the trades when they got out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, in the framing, wood framing, or um, now all of them are, are, are excellent welders um, and so they kind of went that route and, you know, we'd just get together regularly. We've always been really close and we would talk about our dream and, you know, what we wanted to do. And most of it felt like a pipe dream at the time. Um, you know, Hey, the, my brothers would always say, we really want to start our own business someday. We really feel like we could do this. You know, most of them were either project managing or they were in superintendent roles um, by that point. Um, and, getting to know a little bit more about the inner workings of the contracts and all of that. And so they, they had started talking like, we really think we can do this. Um, and of course I, I helped with just the conversation and how that would get started, how you'd go about getting your contractor's license and stuff. So it just started as a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it really felt like kind of a pipe dream at that time. Um, but we started talking more and more about it. We had uh, some of our customers, some of their customers from the, um, companies that they were working at um, that would say, hey, you guys, you're excellent. Like, 
have you ever thought about doing this on your own? Um, have you ever thought about getting your contractor's license? And so we had a couple of uh, customers that we just had known um, as friends and that they had just done work with that had kind of pushed it a little bit and just, um, you know, gave us more of an idea, made the idea more than just an idea. Right, right. Um, and we had a, one particular um, option or opportunity kind of come our way, but we had to get our license. We had to get bonded. We had to do all the things. And so my brothers asked me to help them with that. And so it started out with one project. Um, you know, we all still had our jobs elsewhere at the time. Um, we did, right when we started that project, the first one, and went through the paperwork and all of this, um, getting them set up, us set up legally and all of that stuff, uh, started working on that. We thought, oh, wow, this is, this is bigger. Like, we're not, this is not going to be a part-time side gig. <laughs> this is <laughs> going to be something that we need to really put our put our time and our attention into. And that's really how it started. I stayed working with my, um, my attorney for a little bit longer after that. And, you know, when I left, they offered me a promotion before I left. And I said, I really hate to lose, you know, to say no to this because I, I really liked that job as well. Um, right. But I said, I really need to pursue this thing with my brothers that I'm doing. And it is exciting and scary um, totally right. It's a, you know to go out the door and say I'm leaving a paying job, and they just offered me a bigger check, and you're going to go do it on your own. What what had you knowing that that was the right step for you? I did not know. Okay. Uh, honestly, I didn't know that it was the right step for me. But <clears throat> I always say this: when you go, when you find yourself at a crossroads, and you think about something, and you get that feeling of that of excitement, but also mm-hmm. fear like an anxious feeling. Oh, absolutely. I've gone into relationships with feeling that way. I've gone into, you know, new professional um, adventures and adventures in my personal life with that. And it's always turned into something really exciting and really great um, when I get that feeling. And so, you know, and sometimes it, it doesn't work out and it's, a, it's something you learn from, mm-hmm. but always it's never been anything that I regretted. And I knew that this was something that I had to pursue. And so I was not sure for the first two years. Most businesses fail, I think, in what, the first couple of years, the first Absolutely. year and then it's after that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew we had a long road ahead of us um, and that, you know, our chances weren't great. We had no um, capital going into this. We didn't have money. Mm-hmm. We went in, we, lit, we talked to our customers um, and said, hey, we're starting this company and we've all basically paid our bills down or just made it to where we could live very cheaply for a month or so without getting paid. Mm-hmm. So we just with them and said, hey, if you can pay us, like contractors pay out, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, depending, usually about every 30 days if you're doing like a progress billing. But we just let them know this is what we're doing. And uh, if you could work with us and make sure that we get paid as soon as possible, you know. And we started working with, you know, my brothers were doing the work, so we didn't have payroll. We had a couple of guys that uh, came on board as well that were in with us that said, "You're, I, I'm happy to get paid when you get paid for this because mm-hmm. I want to do this. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how we did it. And, I, and, I, and it was a, a really interesting experience starting a company without capital. And, of course, we had to build from there. And it took us a long time to get to a place where we had payroll in our account and we started hiring people. Right. Um, but right. it's... It sounds like that you know that start was really based on solid relationships and connections, 
And also just the transparency of being able to be really, you know, raw and open with them saying, guess what? This is where we're doing this. We're excited about this. And this is what, how we'd like you to work with us. So being really open about that, I think that's a great thing for our listeners to think about, you know, in their own businesses is how do you really create those kind of strong relationships and how do you, um, how are you really transparent and, and open with your, your customers? Because that is that builds in the long term really solid relationships. It does. I, I think with customers and with employees, mm-hmm. uh, we we are a, we try to be very transparent with with people around us. We think we really believe that honesty and fairness. Um, if you if the core of the, your decisions that you're making as a company are are that. Um, then you can be open and honest with your employees. You can talk about salaries. You can talk about the jobs you're taking and why you're not taking this job and, and get their advice and their, you know, um, their support on things. Um, and I, I think that's made a huge difference for our company. Nice. So what work or projects are you most proud of? Um, you know, I would say we've done some really cool stuff. We've built some, some. I mean, buildings. I, I again, I drive around Portland too, and I look at some of these and point some of the buildings out to our friends, and um, it still kind of blows my mind uh, some of the projects that we've been able to accomplish. Uh, one of them in particular, it, I remember going and we finished it a couple of years ago now, maybe a year and a half ago. So it, we started it when it was very, when we were still a pretty new company. And it was the biggest job we were going to do that, or that we had ever done. And we were not sure that we were going to be able to make it happen because one of the biggest things in the kind of company that we're in, I think that's a, a challenge or a balance that you have to find is not growing too fast. Because mm-hmm. if you get this big job and you bring on all of these employees that are new, um, there's a lot, to, uh, there's a, a, a lot to deal with just bringing a bunch of people, new employees on and trying to get this job done. But it, it doesn't always, it's not always the best for your company to, to take on a big job like that. So many things can happen and it's a scary situation. You know, you, Certainly. again, I went, I went into that contract, you know, I think it was well over a half a million dollar contract for us. And it was, I went into it thinking, oh my gosh, I hope that we can like really do this. I, mm-hmm. I know we have, mm-hmm. um, you know, we learned a lot. We, we went in, that was a new general contractor. We, they came in, they, our safety program, we needed to just dial things in more. We needed to grow as a company more. And we did mm-hmm. growing pains in the beginning. But uh, my favorite story about that, when I remember we were all having a meeting talking about taking that job on and we said okay guys we're going to go for it but just this is this is going to be this is a big one this is the largest project we've ever done and this could really make or break us and I remember saying those words this could Mm -hmm. really make or break and we laugh about that now because uh it didn't do either of those things it didn't make us and it didn't break us (laughs) had hardships and struggles along the way the beginning of it was a lot of those things and they didn't break us. We got through all of them. Right. And it didn't break us either. We finished the job. It's beautiful. We got a great reputation. We got more work out of that. But making a company takes more than just one job as well. Right. Um, so we learned that. Is, it, that takes time. That's, uh, you know, something that making your company really 
it, it takes years of learning and growing and building and all of those things. So we still do that sometimes when we go into a project where we're nervous. We say, oh, man, this really could make us or break us. And then we start laughing because we realize that's not the case, but it's still kind of fun to say. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like a, an evolutionary step each time you're, you know, taking on new projects, new companies and, uh, or new, new projects and new buildings, you are, um, it's, it's the next evolution of your growth, right? And they start Absolutely. to piece together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's it like partnering with your five brothers and a sister in your work? Let's, let's hear the good and the bad and you know, let's just hear a little bit about that. It's kind of the money question. I think we get that question most often. Mm-hmm. Um, our our peers in the industry and our um, our customers and all of that, they always say, who's in charge? Like, wh- which of you guys is in charge? And we're like, oh, none of us is really the person in charge. We we really go into it as, a, as trying, and depending on the situation, you know, it's like one of my brothers, he is an excellent shop manager. He, he can draw feel and 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 give it to a crew and have them build it and that's mm-hmm. what he's and I have one brother who is the only person who's an excellent framer um on our wood framer on our crew and um so depending on what you're asking or, or what you're doing with us there's somebody in charge but it's you know it's it's kind of is different um but I would say for sure <clears throat> one of the things that's really unique um about our company is that, that it is our siblings. And I, we deal with other family businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually generational. Um, And so that's a little bit different because we are all siblings and we're all partners in the company. Um, And it's, it's a really unique thing and we haven't really come across that. Um, So some of the things that we feel like are challenges for us that we're learning, um, you know, we we, we do get help from others and we, and we do bounce it off of other people, but it's kind of a unique situation. Um, I think separating family in, a, in, your, in our professional Certainly. life in our, mm-hmm. is really challenging because, you know, you come into a meeting and you're sitting there with all of your siblings, the people you're closest with in the whole world. Um, right. And sometimes it's really hard not to bring that passion or, or whatever emotions are going on in your personal life or between the two of you or, you know, five of you or whatever into that. And so we've had to learn a little bit. We've had to really work through that. And I don't know, necessarily know if that is even unique to our company. I, I've worked at other companies where I was related to nobody and I'd go into meetings and we were having That's that. very true, right? That's <laughs> so, so you know, true. I, others that I'm like I'm not sure if this is just because we're family I think that uh, work relationships are challenging mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to uh, building a business because um, it is your passion project it's everything to you um, and so everybody's bringing that to the table and sometimes the table can get very loud <laughs> um, you know and so we we're, we're passionate people we're Italian too so we have that loud <laughs> People will ask us, why are you yelling? And we're like, we're not yelling. This is how we communicate with each other. <laughs> no, that's so funny. So when you have family dinners, do you have rules around how much work stuff can have, can come uh, to yeah, people we there? Have, we always have a rule out, outside of work when we do family functions that we don't talk about work. Um, nice. and, it'll come up, and then we usually try yeah. to bring it back. Okay, yeah. That's, so separating those two times. And sometimes just in a conversation you might be having with a sibling, 
you might have to say something like, hey, right now we're talking about work. So I'm, I'm your partner or, you know, I'm, this is the role that we're having. And you kind of have to clarify that in the beginning. Which then, hat you're wearing. Exactly. And, and then when you're done with that conversation, you crack open a beer with that person. You're like, okay, now I'm your sister. So let's talk about <laughs> it. That's awesome. So what's the, what's the best thing about working with your siblings like that? I would say, um, I think for me, it's the fact that we, you will never, for us, I don't know if everybody is, is this way, but for us, you will not trust another person the way that you trust your sibling. Yeah. Um, we grew up together and because we had such a large family with a single parent, we also had to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been us against the world in some, it, our view has, it, it has been like, we got each other's back no matter what. Um, and we might fight between each other, but we have a united front. You know, when we, when we face the world and we go out into, you know, a meeting or, or whatever, it's like, we have each other's back and we're proud of each other. Right. Um, and it shows through. So I think, you know, when people say, well, it's gotta be so challenging being in a business with your siblings. I always say, I don't, I don't think there'd be anybody else that I would trust more to be in a business. With. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really it's, beautiful. It's got challenges that, that are very unique to being in a business with family. I, sure. I think anybody who's been in a family business knows that. But uh, it's also got some things that I don't think I would change. Um, and if I, you know, we're six years in, so we're, uh, we still have a lot of learning and a lot of growing. But um, so far, I think that that's what I would say has been the, the, uh, kind of our savior is having nice. that relationship with each other. Nice. So, you know, I worked many years in the energy industry, which is a very male dominated industry. And you are in even a a more male dominated industry in the steel and construction industry. What's it like being a female leader there? And um, what would you tell other women who are wanting to break into the the construction industry? I actually run into women who um, have, that's a big desire that they want to be in that industry. What would you, what advice would you give them and what's your experience there? You know, uh, even when I was in the banking world prior to the construction world, uh, it was very male dominated. And I was young too when I got into that industry. I was in my early twenties, mm-hmm. uh, early twenties. I actually started directly out of high school, and so I've had experience with that. And what I will say about the construction industry is that it's more open, and there, it's uh, that's talked about a lot. Um, and I do appreciate that. You know, when I was in, I the first management position I got at the bank that I worked at, I was the youngest woman store manager that they had ever had in the state um, for mm-hmm. that particular. And um, I walked into rooms with, you know, CEOs and, um, and upper management, all older men. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm an early twenties, young woman and it building your confidence in that in sort of environment takes some time. Um, and it takes a little bit of getting used to, um, but so coming into the construction world, I, I did already have a little bit of experience with that. But like I said, what I really appreciate about the construction world is that, or the industry here, at least in our area, I can say for sure, is that it's something that they're, that everybody's trying to work on. And they realize that the, the industry will benefit from having um, more diversity among the sexes and, and just diversity in general. Nice. Um, and 
is something that, I mean, our customers that we work with, we talk about it all the time. Uh, and some of the jobs we do for the city of Portland, um, mm-hmm. they have goals that they want to meet. And um, because they're su- trying to support the community that they're in, they really want our teams out there to represent that. And I really, I really appreciate that. As far as women, though, I think no matter how which way you, you look at it, there are very few women in the construction industry still. I mean, I think I read something where it's like 6% of the industry. Wow. Women. Wow. So how, how do you shift that? What, and I think it will be shifting. Um, what, what, what do you think will be the, the catalyst for helping that shift? I think uh, I'm already starting to see more women go into um, positions in the construction world altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, one of the things that I really noticed, and I've talked to my sister about this, I've talked to other women in the industry about this, is nobody ever comes to us or has from at a young age came to us and even gave us the idea that we could go into the trades. Right. Um, you can actually make a really good living being a welder or being an electrician, being a plumber. Um, all of those things have great benefits. They're I mean, their your pay is higher than it is in a lot of the office positions that right. a lot of women, you know, and I think that there's this idea that we're not strong enough or we're not tough enough to be out there or mm-hmm. that building something, you know, because that's another thing I, I've noticed is, is, is building something like go and look at these buildings and say, don't you want to know what it, or maybe you don't, but it's, it's an interesting conversation to have is what it takes to build something like that. And that doesn't have to be a man's thing. It doesn't right. have to be a man to build these buildings and, and to be a part of that. But um, I think just, just this, the conversation, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm as strong as a lot of the men that we have on our crew. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I have to do for work, I know I could do that every that day. And, piece, and, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's work. Um, some of the stuff we do as uh, iron workers is, very challenging and it's very hard on your body and hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, not trades are that way. Um, but like I said, I I really think that um, that we should, and, and I think it, it's a societal thing. Um, but really, just try to expand our minds a little bit. I mean, I think all of the trades, even right now, I just noticed there uh, the welding trade is is a very highly sought after skill to have right now, mm-hmm. and even coming out of high school and, you know, going into college and everybody feels like that needs to necessarily be the route that they take. And I think we're kind of missing that. Um, we're missing that. And it's, and we're definitely missing that with women, especially. Um, you know, I, but I, like I, I said, I think on, it's getting, go ahead. I think it's getting better. And I think um, I've, I've noticed more women um, in even superintendent roles and management roles in the construction industry. Um, and then even welders, I've been seeing more women welders and, and, nice. and the other well, but I think we definitely have a long ways to go. Yeah. We start. The, um, I sit on the board of the women's foundation of Colorado and a lot of what, you know, we are, when we're looking at ways for women to be able to move the needle on earning livable wages, it's construction industry is a, a really unique industry for us to even be looking at. And we look, we work a lot in STEM and, in in putting grants out there for um, the STEM world, right? The science, technology, engineering, math. But um, we are also in the process of having conversations on 
on how do we bring more women into the construction industry because it because it does give them a livable wage. It takes them out of those you know lower paying jobs and um, can really be a pathway. So I get really excited about that, and I think it's um, I think it is it is changing, and it'll be fun to see where it's going. So and I think that I go think ahead. Women, women's pay in uh, the construction world, at least from my experience that I've seen, is that it will be uh, equal to men. Um, mm-hmm. they, that is that I, I've seen in other industries. That, I mean, and we all know we've seen the statistics, the disparity between the wages. Um, and I have not seen that in the construction world. I think if you have the skills uh, and you have the um, whatever the prerequisites are for that and the experience that you'll, you'll get equal pay. Right. Um, and that's a really great thing. That is a great thing. So you're growing and hiring right now. What's your biggest challenge to, to taking your company to this next level? And what's the biggest opportunity? Um, I think our biggest opportunity right now would just be, so we're in a boom, a building boom in Portland um, mm-hmm. in the Northwest altogether. I think a lot of people are moving here. Um, and I know why, because I live here and from here. Right. It's a great city. Yeah. And I think that won't be the case forever. I mean, we know that these things come in ebbs and flows. And um, so what we're really trying to do is figure out what our niche is and how we can uh, capitalize on this time that we're going through right now um, where there's so much opportunity and a lot of growth and a lot of work out there. And then how we can take our company because we want this company to be Mm -hmm. long-term and, you know, we want to have something that we can offer uh, even when there's not, this big boom going on. And so we're still working out that and, and we're still really, I mean, our reputation and the quality work we do that, that goes a long way because those are the people I think that make it when there's less work. Right. Um, but I think that, um, you know, we still, we're still kind of dialing that in and figuring out what, what is really going to separate us from, from everybody else or, or, or really set us apart, you know, as far as the, the kind of work we do. Right. So, so that you really hone in on this is this is what we're known for. This is our reputation that we're we're the company that does this type of building. Exactly. So working that out, and then like I said, it's a, it's a challenge to not get too big too fast in this kind of uh, environment. And right. Um, you know that's something that we've had to be particular about the kind of work we take and working with the the customers that we know. Um, and you know you got to take risks. Everybody knows that uh, it's part of being a business owner and um, or it really in any any aspect of life, I think you have to take risks. Um, so it, it's a balance of those two things, I think. Nice, nice, nice. So Wendy, you are a serious climber and you took six weeks off last summer to climb some really big peaks, including the Teton Range, which is really impressive. What's your biggest climb to date? And what does climbing teach you that's really applicable to your career? Um, so yes, that's what I do uh, for fun. I mean, yeah. I think outside of work, a passion outside of work has really changed my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got a, an amazing opportunity last year, uh, the first few years in business is, it's hard to take that much time off. Um, Absolutely. But I, planned, <laughs> I definitely planned ahead. Um, and I, I took some time during that to, to check back in, but regardless, I got to travel a bunch. I had my climbing partner and a good friend of mine who we just set some goals. Uh, one of our objectives, um, was in the Tetons 
a mountain in the Tetons that we actually ended up not being able to do, but we did the Grand, um, which I would say was one of my, it's definitely was one of my most exciting and um, fulfilling climbs that I've done. Um, and I, my passion is in alpine rock. So I like being in alpine environments. I like being in the middle of nowhere. I like being somewhere that takes hard work to get to that place. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of there you know that aren't with a guide or or something like that and um it was just an incredible experience it's so beautiful up there we we climbed up in the um uh in canada as well we were in alberta and british columbia Uh, we climbed in a pretty rural uh, alpine uh, area called the bugaboos um which i think is probably one of the most beautiful places i've ever been in my whole life um totally fell in with it but just really got a chance to be in these remote places and really push myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, and that's something that I would say has helped me so much in my career. When you, Everybody that I know that is a, a climber, a passionate climber, says that the mental work that you have to do during the, a, a process of, of meeting a goal and climbing or pushing yourself, fear is a big one. You know, right. fear is... is something that everybody deals with when you, especially when you're a newer climber, but it never goes away. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some point in that, in that climb um, where you're going to feel fear and right. learning to, you know, I don't think that uh, fear is a bad thing. When I first started climbing, I thought, Oh, I'm afraid of heights. And I hear people say that all the time. I could never be a climber. I'm afraid of heights. And it's like, most people are afraid of heights mm-hmm. being, a, I mean, I'm, I know people experience it at different levels, um, and so if that's, you know, I'm not saying that that's not that's a serious thing for some people. For me, I, I was afraid of heights as well. And I, I, I really enjoyed pushing myself past what I was comfortable with. Right. And it started small. It started on something very easy. And then I worked my way until that felt comfortable. And then I tried something that, again, outside of my comfort zone. And I think that's how we grow, um, is that those, those small periods of time where we're out of our completely out of our comfort zone. Um, And you think about how often as entrepreneurs, we are out of our comfort zone and we face scary things and we just need to keep, you know, doing it over and over again until you can move on to the next level of it, the next part of it. Right. Oh yeah. I think my confidence level uh, has grown so much as a, since I've, I mean, I've been climbing for many years now, but it's, it's really made a huge impact on my personal life as well, because when you go into a situation and you feel fear and you feel insecurity mm-hmm. and then you're able to work past that in your head, um, then those skills you can take in any aspect of your life. And mm-hmm. um, I definitely, I, I've grown a lot as a human um, from, that, from that. And that's one of the reasons why I love climbing so much. It's the environment, but then it's also the, what's going on inside of my head that really brings me back all the time and that's what I love so much about it nice nice so Wendy where can our listeners learn more about you and your work um well we're just finishing up our website we took it down um and we're revamping it it's beautiful it'll be back up here in the next month or so and it's got our all of our projects um we'll have a little bit of a blog on there some of the work we're doing um we're on social facebook and um, instagram our company is mount hudson um, and you know, like if any of the, if any listeners really wanted to reach out and talk to me more about this, I'm happy to, 
extend my email or um, okay. talk to people. I think um, getting in, especially with women that are in these similar, um, you know, situations in life or, or working on similar things or, or thinking about it, I think we can really support each other and, and, you know, just having these conversations, I think goes a long way. And that's why I listen to a lot of podcasts. I like hearing about what other people are doing and their challenges and all of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if any of our listeners do want to um, be in touch with Wendy, just reach out to me and I can connect the two of you. And um, the way we always end these is, is with three pearls of wisdom that you can leave our audience with today. So what three pearls of wisdom do you have for us? Um, I would say my first thing is be okay being afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I've learned from climbing and in this business venture that I've taken. Um, just know that it's okay to be afraid and that that's where you're doing your best growing, or at least for me. Um, and then I think as far as being in this business, I, I, I remind myself when things get really hard, I try to take it back to the very first few days or the first few, the first year, why we started this and bring it back to the core. Like, you know, always try to take it back to the core of why you're doing this or why it's important to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get convoluted so quickly. And as you grow right. and get busier and stress and all of that. And so I think that really helps us to, um, to refocus sometimes. Um, and then lastly, I would say for me, it's my, my, my balance of work and what I do outside of work. Um, I think having something that I love as much as this, company and as as my um you know this is this is another adventure my company is an adventure that I'm doing in my life right now and it's really exciting but having stuff outside of that I think is it just keeps me sane and I I couldn't I don't think I would be as effective or as passionate about this as I am um or be able to manage stress I think as entrepreneurs we and and, and in a lot of other professions, you feel a lot of stress um, if you don't allow yourself to take those breaks. And Absolutely. And like, I mean, like complete mental breaks. And that's hard to do sometimes, and especially when you're trying to run a business. So um, that's one thing that I have not lost sight of since I started. And I, and I talk to people about that all the time. I think it's really, really important to have that, that space for yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really important one. I think it's we need to have we need to have multiple outlets. So um, I, I love that. Well, it has been a pleasure, and I'm glad we we were able to do this. Um, I'll be out in Portland in July, July 18th. I'm speaking at the E Woman Network Group. So hopefully, I'll get to see you when I'm out there. Definitely planning on seeing you there. So um, thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to chat with you. Yes, and it's been. Yeah, it's been great having your stories here, and I'm sure everybody's going to really love it. So thanks so much, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Tammy. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life? I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at CammieGelner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling. 
and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.